0: Welcome to the Loan with Jen podcast, your weekly source to keep you informed on everything about financing your home, where you will hear real facts, no BS. I'm your host, Jennifer Hernandez, a loan officer since 1995, and over 4,300 families financed to date. If you're starting to think about buying or refinancing a home, wonder if you have the right credit, savings, or even income, you're in the right place on my weekly episodes, I make complicated topics easy to understand. By the way, my license is NMLS 514497. The ideas expressed here are my own opinions and don't represent any legal advice. Thanks for joining. Let's jump in. Okay, everybody. Escrow shortage, understanding the basics. How to read what you're getting. I'll give you some tips on how to know there are errors in these statements. I'm Jennifer Hernandez, senior loan officer. I've closed over 4,300 loans. I've become by accident really, really good with escrow. So I do have a YouTube channel with over 300 videos about buying and selling. So if you know someone buying or if you yourself are going to buy in the future, you want to check it out. Real facts, no BS. Get right to what you need. To know about buying and selling and go check it out. Today, towards the end, we're going to talk about your property taxes and protesting them when you have the opportunity to, is a key factor in making sure that the increase and impact to your escrow account is minimal. Definition of an escrow account, just to give you all a very succinct, easy explanation. An escrow account is really kind of like a savings account. Think of it that way. That's managed by the lender, the mortgage servicer. And one of your tax and insurance will go into it each month. And then at the end of the year, or whatever the due date is for insurance, for example, there will be an exodus from your account. So there's incoming money in your escrow payment every month to you make your payment. And then there's outgoing money a few times a year that pays tax, insurance, and then mortgage insurance if you've got it. So Investopedia says, succinctly, the true definition of an escrow is a third party which holds an asset or funds before they're transferred from one party to another. So there's mortgage escrow, there's title escrow. Escrow is that holding in, it's more of a legal term, but they're a third party holder of Money, information, whatever you have it. So that's the official meaning. Do you have to escrow? This is an interesting one. So yes, no, maybe. If you, at closing, put down less than 20%, yes, escrow is mandatory. And or if you've got a government loan, meaning FHA, VA, or USDA, escrow is always mandatory, no matter if you have the 20% equity or not. But if you did a conventional loan, or like let's say you have a jumbo loan, or once you have twenty percent equity, you can ask the lender to waive the escrow. Beware, though, there is a charge dependent on your loan amount. So, for example, if your loan is one hundred thousand, they'll charge two fifty. If your loan's two hundred thousand, they'll charge five hundred. The fee is because it is more work for the mortgage servicers to you to not escrow. They have to. Spend more time and energy chasing down homeowners for the non-payment of their tax and insurance than if they just controlled it themselves. So do be prepared for that. If you're within that 20% equity position and you're like, I'm just sick of this escrow thing, then you can control your own tax and insurance. You just will have to pay that fee to get out of it. So I just want you to be prepared for that. If you're less than 20% or if you're in that government loan, you're just stuck with it. My goal here is that you understand how it works, what to look for, so that you can be better prepared every year. Because, yes, can this happen every year? Possibly. Now, unless you bought new construction or there was a large difference between the value that the seller had and the value that's now, usually that happens in new construction, the changes shouldn't be large unless there's like a mistake. Every year, the tax insurance, the escrow account is reanalyzed. We are in an increasing value market. It is possible that this could be happening for a near future period. Now, things to watch out for. Every year, you're gonna have the opportunity to protest your taxes. I definitely suggest that you do this and protest You may not always win, but at least you're trying. Again, we're in a rising value market. I do want you to know if it's your homestead, so if it's your primary residence, the max value that it can increase per year is 10%. That's a benefit to you as a primary resident. It's called a homestead exemption and then there's a cap. So that 10%, if you get your bill for property values, then if they're trying to increase your value from 250, the max is 10%, so it can't go out more than 25,000, which would be 275. You need to protest because they're breaking the rules. Hopefully they don't try to do that. It'll save you a lot of time and effort from protesting, but with some things for you to look out for that you have that benefit that you have to have filed your homestead exemption form with the county. But the reason I mention this is because protesting your taxes definitely feeds into next year's tax bill, and next year's possible escrow shortage. The spring is a busy time as a homeowner every single year. Escrow analysis is done in February, March. Then values come out so that you can protest in the summer. And then the bills come out all over again. So it's a repeating cycle every single year. I do want to caution you, insurance definitely is on the rise. I personally have experienced it every single year for like seven years straight. And every year I shop around. I mean, I love my insurance guy and all, but I got to shop around. I mean, it goes up and it goes up. And every year I'm like, oh my gosh, for me personally, I'm good right where I am. But you want to always check, see if there's a cheaper carrier out there. So definitely before your insurance renews, that's a great time to shop around. Just send your current policy to a few other carriers and see if you can get it down because insurance going up also can affect your escrow account. The escrow analysis is annual. So if you're a new homeowner watching this and this is your first year owning the home and you're like, what is this escrow analysis thing? It's going to happen every year. So put your seatbelt on because it's every calendar year. February to March is normally when this happens because they pay the taxes in December. Then they're like, ooh, we paid taxes. Now we got to analyze. Now, sometimes you might get money back. I've gotten money back some years. Currently, that's not happening for me anyway. And for many of you, as values are going up. In the escrow analysis, you really have a couple of choices because the lender is paying the tax and the insurance no matter what, whether the money was there or not. They're never going to let the bill go delinquent ever. And if they do, they'll pay the late fees. If the taxes were $5,000 and the account only had $3,000 in it to pay, they will pay the taxes and they'll reconcile with you later. That's what escrow analysis is. It's a reconciliation. They're checking and balancing to make sure they don't have too much of your money and you don't have a shortage. Like you don't owe them money. The two things to understand is there's not just one way to handle it. You can, A, pay it back in full, or B, you can spread it over time. It's usually a year to pay it back little by little. So that's what we're going to see in the ensuing pages, because I want you to really leave here understanding, like, how the heck do I read this thing? So we're going to go over just some simple steps. Now, the first thing I want you to do is stay calm. Actually this weekend I got an email. My past client was rightfully reeking out. Like they were emailing me, like, oh my gosh. And they had a right to because their payment was going way up. And I said, Hey, just let's get the facts. Send me your escort out. Like, let's look at what they sent you. And then I compared it to what I knew to be true. I did some investigation, which I'm gonna teach you. And I found out they actually made an error. They double paid the taxes. So errors do happen, not all the time, but sometimes. And so first, you're just going to say, we're going to review the facts and then I'll freak out if I need to freak out. I, I understand it's hard when your payment goes up, but let's look at the facts first. On your statement, this is usually in the top right-hand corner on the very first page. So the escrow analysis is usually like three, four pages. And so they're going to have, as of when, so they sent this to him very recently on the 17th. So it's very fresh, you know, at the very bottom, it says, this is your new mortgage amount and it's going to be effective on the 1st of April. So, I mean, we've only got like five, six weeks to reconcile any errors, right? Thankfully, he emailed me and I called him pretty much right away. So if you are a past client of mine, let me help you. I looked up some of the data and I figured out there was a mistake. They double paid his taxes and I got on the phone with him and helped work it out with the servicer. Not every escrow analysis is a mistake. I'm giving you the best case scenario, but I want you to just look at everything. I would print it, I would take out my highlighter. Let's get through the details so I know what I'm looking at. I'm looking at the monthly payment breakdown to the right like, hey, the current payment is this 11,1984. And then the new payment is going to be 1706 So that's a big jump, 600 bucks. That's a lot for that size payment. So then it's like, hey, the shortage amount is here. So that $343.92 was the amount that he was short. And it was saying, hey, we're going to give you a $343 loan payback because you owe us that money. So if you take 343 and we times it by 12, the shortage was 4,116, which pretty much matches the rate. It says likely due to increase in your taxes or insurance. Your escrow has a shortage of 4127.06. So when you divide that by 12, you get the 343.92 per month. On your statement, it's going to have something like that. So now we're getting somewhere because we know from what they're telling us that the shortage was 4,127, according to them. And that's where under shortage amount, if you pop right below where it's in the payment, that 34392 is added to the payment. Now it's only for 12 months, just FYI. Now they could choose to pay the whole 4,127. I personally, when I've had shortages, I take the free interest-free loan. I'd rather pay it back little by little monthly than dip into my savings. But everybody's different. Some people prefer to pay it. In this client's case, luckily, this was an error. So he doesn't have to pay any money. But I want to teach you how to read what's going on. Another thing that I want to point out, if you look to the same monthly payment breakdown, it says the current payment the principal and interest is six sixty eight twenty seven and then right below it is four fifty one fifty seven. That's what their escrow deposit was monthly before this bad letter came out. So the four fifty one fifty seven, if you look to the right, it's going up to six ninety four. So that difference six ninety four minus four fifty one is two hundred and forty three dollars. What that did was, It's raising their payment in addition to the shortage, not only to pay back the shortage, but hey, we're going to put you up $243 so that this time next year, you're not short again. So when you have an escrow shortage, you're going up twice. You're going up the 112th portion to pay back the shortage in 12 months, and you're going up so that you're not short again. There's an analysis on the pages that are behind that that says, Hey, this was the actual and this was what we estimated. And we got a forecast so that you have enough in your account next year. So that's what this means. That's on the summary page as you're looking at the first page. You know, every bank, it looks a little bit different, but these are the key words that I want you to look for. And here I just have a couple underlined comments that I put. When is the new effective date? Because you need to spring into action. Like You can't waste any time looking at any of this because your new payment will start usually 45 to 60 days notice. So don't put it to the side for sure. And so the time in the spring, February March to definitely be on top of your mail. Step two, where I mentioned before that estimated versus actual, the way that they come up with that little differential to increase your payment so it's not short next year is from something that looks like this. Usually on the left-hand column, they'll say, hey, this is your estimated activity and this is a different client. But you'll look at the estimated activity versus the actual. I print it out from the online and I highlight so I can see exactly what I'm looking for. And when you see exactly what you're looking for, you say, okay, what did they estimate and what was the actual? And that's usually where you can count the mistakes like a double payment, et cetera. And so what you're doing is you're just prepping so that you can highlight what the actual was. And then the next step, the step three is to verify the actual amounts that were paid. When I did this for that other client, I noticed, I was like, oh my gosh, they paid taxes twice. I mean, it does happen. Doesn't always happen, but it happens. So as a homeowner, you get copies of the bills every year. I would definitely not throw those away. I would keep them because this could happen. When you want to access them quickly and you only have a 45-day timeline for your payment goes up, you're going to be scrambling, wishing that you didn't throw those bills away. Put them somewhere in a folder or something that you can access them so that if you need to double cross-check, You can. Some of your taxing entities, you have several, like there's the county bill, the school ISD bill, and sometimes there's a MUD, like a municipal utility district or something. So some of you have everything in one bill, and some of you have two or three different bills. So if you're not sure, you could contact me. If I'm your original lender, you can ask me or whatever you need to do. Now, on the insurance, I would also save your insurance policy every year that it renews about a month or two before you get the renewal notice. And it kind of gives you a heads up at that time. If you see that your premium is going up, you need to think like, ooh, my escrow account might be short next year. Like it's a trigger. But I would keep that to compare again, did they pay the amount that was really actually due? Two weeks ago, I had another client call and I'm so glad that y'all reach out to me to help you. I'm happy to do it because I have all your records. That other client, her lender picked up the wrong county bill. So they paid an amount that was five or $600 higher than what it should have been. So we pulled her bill off the county site and I helped her call the lender and said, hey... I'm going to give you an example. Let's say the bill was supposed to be $1,400. But what they actually paid was $1,800. So I caught it by looking at the actual. That's why I highlighted I printed it out and I highlighted it for her. So I looked at the actual taxes that were paid and it was higher than what the actual bill was. And so that's how I found that error. I mean, it does happen. You know, I give some examples at the bottom of this page double payments, wrong bills, mixing up with other accounts. I mean, again, it happens. Step four is really your options. And I alluded to it in the beginning, but if you do the steps and you verify that, oh my gosh, unfortunately, there's no errors. There's nothing to fix. Like this was my insurance. And yes, this was my taxes. You can either A, pay the shortage in full and that'll keep your payment from going up twice. It'll only go up once. Or you can pay that shortage over the 12 months, which is that first example that I showed you. So again, some clients know that it's coming. So if in the future, you know that it's coming, it's good to put that money aside and then you're ready and you're like, "Yep, yeah, here's the lump sum. So my payment doesn't go up. Even if you pay the shortage in full, your payment still is going to go up that differential so it's not short again next year. There have been cases, you know, especially when clients have fixed incomes where they just start to not be able to afford the house. That does happen. If so, you know, original lender that helped you maybe see if you can get some ideas. You might be able to do a loan modification. But if your taxes are your taxes and you're within that ten percent tolerance. Values are in a point where they're going up, unfortunately. So we don't know how long, but I think it's going to be for the next several years at least. So we've got to be really prepared for payments to potentially go up little by little each year. I know I'm preparing for it. The fifth step, again, what if there's an error? What if you have questions? Call your servicer, your mortgage servicer, who's you're making payments to now. That's always the first best defense. You know, if I was your original lender, that means I have your documents. I'm happy to call with you. We can call conference. You can give a permission to talk to me. Make sure you take notes. Make sure you get a case number. Be very nice. They will help you. You know, remember there are people too. I know that y'all get frustrated. I get it. Just take a breath. They will help you understand. Or if your payments are just where you can't afford them, see if they have any kind of help. They might have a special department that's a hardship department. So you want to talk to them about that. Ask them how you need to send the supporting documents. Like let's say there was an error, like we talked about the person I called a couple of days ago with the client, they don't have an email. You have to either fax it or they secure it upload on the site. Uploading it on the site is always best, but if you have to go to home, you know, Office Max or whatever and fax it, you gotta fax it. Some of them have emails, so you just have to figure out which one you have to do. Always send yourself a copy and then set a follow-up date. Like I would put in your calendar, like for this particular client, we have to do something on the 31st of March. So we put a task in our calendar. I did it on mine. They did it on theirs to remember of something that they need to do. So there might be some follow-up stuff. because his payment is changing on April 1st. So if there has been an error and you've got paperwork going to them, the question i want you to ask is like hey what if you know your escrow department doesn't figure it out or get the payment you know the refund from the county or whatever by the time my payment's changing I mean my payment's changing in by weeks so in this case they said you have to call us don't auto debit the payment so take it off auto debit call us you got to do the payment over the phone give us the case number we'll know that it's an investigation and we'll let you make a short payment so you want to definitely Always involve the lender. If you're going to make a short payment, like because you disagree or whatever, don't just short the payment and not let them know what you're doing. Please, please, please communicate with the lender so they can give you a case number that it's under investigation, et cetera, whatever pertains to you. My goal today was to help you understand the bill, understand what escrow shortage means so that you'll get better and better at it as time goes on. And it can help you navigate and identify it. Was there an error? What's happening? And we need your help. I am 100% referral. So we'd be honored to help your family and friends. If you had great information here today and you want to thank me in some way, you can just send me the name and number of someone that's buying or refinancing their house or that needs help. We're happy to help them. So thank you. And I will talk to you all soon. Thank you for listening to the Loan with Jen podcast. Keep joining me each week to stay up to date on the mortgage industry as I'll dive into relevant topics so your home financing process, whether you're buying or refinancing, is smooth and simple. If you enjoyed today, please click follow and that way you'll never miss an episode. To find us on social media, just go to Loan with Jen on any of the social media handles, TikTok, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Thanks for tuning in this week for Real Facts, No BS. Talk soon.